live and direct in the studio. Here it comes. It's season two of Radio Free Tote Bag, and I'm Arthur. And I'm Donovan. And we just passed that threshold that we all hold so dear, where our planet has rotated once more around the sun. We're here in 2019. How's it, How's 2019 feel, Donovan? Does it feel any different to you? It feels really bad because I am sick. Uh, I have some horrible like chest cold and throat thing. And because uh, I'm a big old dingus, uh, well, I was going to stay in last night because of that. But I got some FOMO. A couple of friends hit me up about this party. I went out at like 11 p.m. Mm. So I got there just in time for the New Year's business. And it was a great-ass time. Uh, but now I'm hungover and sick. <laughs> so if my voice... <laughs> Sounds kind of fucked up, and I'll try to cough away from the mic. Uh, that That is why. But I'm here, Arthur. I'm here to bring the heat into 2019. The heat and the immortal power. Oh, and the Jesus. germs. Don't forget the germs. Uh, my New Year's was spent at an intimate little dinner party at uh, at a friend's house with my with my lady friend and uh, and 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 the the host couple. And uh, we had roast chicken and fucking lamb chops and fucking mushroom leek torts and devils on horseback and fucking yes. God damn. Yes. Yeah, man. I was bummed I couldn't make up that I couldn't make it up there. Those guys do not fuck around with the uh, with the cooking. Can it, I tell it you? Sounded pretty excellent. Can I tell you? You just would have been a fifth wheel. It was very. It ended up being very coupley. Yeah, I figured. I figured. As part of it, yeah, if, like uh, nobody else is gonna go, you know, it would have just been me and my New Year's loneliness. Mm-hmm. It's hard. My date is the germs in my lungs. <laughs> there's polyamory. There's lots of them. <laughs> Many bacterial partners. Yeah, there fucking are. Well, that's fucking good times, dude. It sounds like a good uh, New Year for both of us. It was excellent. And, uh, yeah, we're we're fighting the hangovers and the disease to uh, to come back up here. Yeah. So we got a we got a good assortment of Reddit questions. We got a question box question for you this week. So uh, let's let's get into this business. Uh, before in we, 2019, yeah. Before we get into all that, I just wanted to share uh, some listener feedback that I got. Uh, 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 I don't know. Should I should I say the person's name? I'm a, you know what? I'm gonna shout you out. I'm gonna shout you out, Hannibal. Uh, she said to me that uh, she likes our podcast more than like any other relationship advice podcast. Or relationship-centric podcast because uh, we don't take any shit was essentially the message. (laughs) Like, we don't – yeah, she said that some other podcasts tend to be a little wishy-washy. Like, uh, well, you can't, you know, change other people's behavior. You can only change your reaction to that behavior. Uh, We, on the other hand, are like, you need to tell them that they need to knock that shit off or you're fucking gone. Exactly. That's how we live our lives. You can't you can't enable behavior that's not working with you, and like changing your own behavior that you know it's not bad advice, but also you can't just be like, well, my partner's a piece of shit, so I'm I'm just gonna adapt. Yeah, you fucking tell them that they're sucking the life out of you. Yep, can't fucking deal with that. Well, thanks, Annabelle. Fucking great, uh, great feedback. It makes me happy. Going into our uh, first episode of our second season. Yeah, and can I tell you? Go tell it to iTunes, uh, all of you. Go tell iTunes how much you love our show. Please do. Got a lot of reviews, got a lot of ratings. Hit the five stars and like maybe write us a little blurb too. Because we got four reviews and uh, two of them may or may not have been written by us. So. <laughs> so, all right. Exactly. Well, you you want to hit this first one? I do. Um, should I, 19F, 
tell him, 18M, that he loves me. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, F19, have a boyfriend who I will call Mike, M18, since seven months. I'm very happy with him. I occasionally had the impression that Noah has a crush on me. Noah is a casual friend of mine. However, I wasn't really interested in finding out whether or not he is crushing on me because I am happy with Mike. While Noah clearly wasn't interested in investing or sharing anything about it. I spent last night, New Year's Eve, with some female friends of mine while Mike is currently still, since December 23rd, he will return on the January 23rd, uh, visiting his family. Okay, so we're establishing... Thanks for for the specifics. Where everyone is, yeah. Well, last night, Noah called me. He was clearly drunken, which is totally out of character for him. He told me that he loves me, but he said that he wasn't able to figure out his own feelings for me, which, whoa, okay. I love you, but I can't figure out my feelings. Uh, Hmm. I told him to go to bed and ended the conversation. Today, Noah sent me a text message in which he said he doesn't remember anything from last night. He wrote today, he saw on his phone that he called me. He also wrote that he's sorry for bothering me. What should I do? Should I tell Noah that he loves me? Should I say something to Mike? Do you think I did anything wrong? TLDR, I have a boyfriend, but a male fan of mine drunk called me and confessed his love for me. Now he forgot everything. And that was posted by Objective Friend. Happy New Year's. It's Noah. I just wanted to tell you I love you. But I don't... Shut the fuck up, Noah! (laughs) But I don't know my feelings for you. I love you, but I don't know my feelings. Yeah. It's fucking bizarre. It is. Uh, This is something that happens across all age ranges, but Uh of course I think this is going to be more common to get so drunk that you do this and also just kind of... um, I don't know, not not know how to conduct yourself when you're younger. Ain't got that so drunk it's clearly legs yet. In, yeah, you, you don't have the drunk legs, and so sometimes you do some messy shit. And so it sounds like that's what this is. Yep. And, uh, I mean, so you know he's into you, but you, you kind of knew that already from what uh, I understood. Um, and, and you do now. And so I guess if we're, if we're going question by question here, should you tell him that he loves you? He already knows that. You know, I think it sounds like he realized that he made kind of a mistake there. And uh, so he's not really talking about it. And that's fine. I think that's the right call. So I think you just kind of let that go. Sure. Do you think she should say something to her boyfriend? though? Uh, Does Mike know Noah? If Mike knows Noah, you can be like, hey, your buddy, fuck it. You know, our friend called me up and said some inappropriate shit to me. Uh, But if uh, Mike doesn't know Noah from Adam, then... Like, what's the fucking point? I, yeah, I feel that. I think that's the move. Worth bringing up if, you're, if you're, his friend is doing some weird shit. Uh, but if not, no. I, especially at this age, too. Uh, you bring that up with him, he's going to get jealous and shit's going to get weird. Yeah, he'll get he'll get all fucking jacked up over it. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't do that. And then finally, do you, you know, do you think you did anything wrong? Or do we think you did anything wrong? No, man. You you told him to hang up the phone. You know, you didn't you're not trying to text him and like, maybe I should go after this dude. Uh, it seems like you're respecting your relationship. You were good and direct with him. So I, I think you're good. I think you let this one go. But if he keeps pulling shit like this, that's when you need to have the conversation of like, look, if you want to be friends with me, you got to cut this shit out. Yeah. I have a, I'm in a relationship. You know, don't, don't be a fucking weirdo. Noah. Don't, don't be a weird beard. Noah. Yeah, get back on your arc and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> That's good. 
That's good. Good shit. Nicely done. You got anything else on that? I think that, you know, it pretty much sums it up. Ooh, here we go. Jack Not Name says, you haven't done anything wrong yet. Uh Uh-oh. You should tell your BF what happened. Assuming that he is a decent human being, nothing will come from this other than sharing something odd that happened to you. It's generally a good idea to share unwanted romantic slash sexual advances with your SO because if he were to find out somehow, you don't want it to look like you're hiding something. Noah may or may not be telling the truth. It really doesn't matter. I wouldn't tell him anything, though. Even if he does not remember, he knows his intentions towards you uh, and has an idea of what the call entailed. You can't really be friends with Noah at this point. Casual acquaintances, sure. Members of the same friend group, fine. Close friend, nope. That takes honesty, which he can't be with you. Uh, I disagree with this dude a little bit. I think he's going a little severe on it. I don't think that's a bad impulse to bring it up with your partner. Uh mm-hmm. Cause yeah, you know, it could, it could look like you're doing some shit behind, uh, behind his back. But I think if you kind of maintain the distance here and again, if they're not friends with each other, I, I don't think that's the biggest deal. And, uh, I don't know. I think you can be friends with this dude. I think you should step back for a bit until he chills the fuck out. But given that he stops with this inappropriate behavior towards her, I don't, I don't think you have to cut this guy off necessarily, but also he's an 18 year old dude. So God fucking knows how he's going to, he's probably not going to handle this well. Yeah. Christ. So oh, yeah. I, I, again, I, I think you're good. Just take it easy. Back off this guy a bit, you know, maybe let your boyfriend know if you don't think he's going to freak out about it and, uh, it, it's going to be fine. Yeah. Just back burner him. And then, uh, when you and Mike break up, you got, uh, you got round two set up. There you go. And he's got like just hundreds of pairs of animals, you know, so maybe, <laughs> maybe you should, maybe you should shack up with this dude. On and he knows, he knows comically how long, large boat. He knows how long a cubit is. So that's, that's a plus. <laughs> that's big knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good times. Good luck. Objective friend. And, uh, now from objective friends to friends of the show, we got our, uh, question box question. Yeah. And, uh, just a friendly reminder, especially in the new year, get in here into our question box. You can submit your own question, which we'll answer on the show. You don't have to make an account. Uh, it's anonymous. You just type your shit in and then we read it no matter what it is. Uh, and then we talk about it. Yep. So if you'd like to do that in 2019, please do. Cause it's our favorite part of the show. It truly is. Um, but yeah, so here's, here's this week's question. I'm a gay man who likes to have hookups. Who isn't a gay have man something... that likes to have hookups? That's fucking true. It's 2019. Yeah. I have something set up with a guy and last minute he asked if he could bring his boyfriend. I don't care that he has a boyfriend, but I'm not attracted to him. What do? Okay. Um. Tell him you, that. Wait, you, you you said you had a little more context to this, right? Well, all I know is that uh, this was posted through friend of the show, Hannibal. Uh, her friend uh, was not particularly tech savvy uh, uh. and just <laughs> was like, can you post this to the thing for me? <laughs> Well, good fucking work, yeah. Excellent yeah. friend of the show. Was that you just knew who posted it, though? It wasn't That's no more details? It. Yeah, nothing, nothing else. Gotcha. I think, right. Well, I, sorry, what, what were you saying? I think the big, uh, the big move here is that aggressive honesty that we always talk about. Yes. You're not attracted to the boyfriend? You ain't got to fuck the boyfriend. You don't want the boyfriend to be there while you're hooking up? Tell him. If that's a red, yeah. If that's a red line for them, then they can be like, okay, deal's off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, and and that's fine. But you gotta you gotta be honest here. You can't like get kind of guilted or like 
uh, oh, I'm gonna feel bad if like I tell him his boyfriend's a fucking ugly brick. Uh, but you know, if if you don't, if you're not assertive and direct with your feelings here, you're gonna end up hooking up with this uggo, and you don't want that. Nobody wants that. Uh, on the couple side of things, I don't think that the boyfriend that the the third party out of the two hook up. I don't think that he's necessarily doing anything wrong. He's maybe doing something a little you know, a little clingy. Like if your relationship is open to non-monogamy uh, and you don't have an established pattern of like, okay, yeah, we always meet um, our partner's partners mm-hmm. uh, and you just spring it at the last minute. It's a little, you know, it's a little weird. Uh, probably not the best way to go about doing things, but uh, you know, as long as everyone's on the up and up and everyone's uh, communicating, then I think it's all good. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with this, you know, as long as you're all cool with it. But yeah, as you're kind of saying, I am a little suspicious of this boyfriend's intentions. This could definitely be clinginess, or you know, he he doesn't like the fact that this, you know, his boyfriend's hooking up with other people, and uh, and that's gonna make it even fucking weirder beyond not being attracted to this dude. So I I, I look into that a little bit, maybe maybe ask what's up with that. Um, but definitely just be direct and be like, Hey, you know, I'm not really into, you don't even have to say it's about his looks. Just like, I'm not really into hooking up with two partners, uh, makes me kind of uncomfortable. And yeah, this dude's going to be respectful or he's going to be like, well, it has to be like that. And you got to say, you know, no, if that's the case. Yep. Yeah. Don't, don't get pressured into fucking this sluggo motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah. I think the takeaway here is everybody at every point in a relationship, be it a triad or a hookup situation or anything, everybody has the right to pull the ripcord and remove consent at any time. Yes. Period. Yes. At all times. Everybody involved. And and just in general, don't don't ever feel guilted or don't like hook up with somebody or adapt something to your partner just because uh, like you're uncomfortable with saying no, or it's like weird to get across. You, you got to make that fucking jump or you shouldn't be having sex with that person. True that. Or bad things will entail. And, uh, I don't know if I mentioned, but it's 2019 and in 2019 it'd be tight if there was less bad things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's I'm, my wish for the year. I'm with New it. Year's resolution. No more bad shit. Uh, we toasted, uh, to leaving all that shit behind is, is how I <laughs> uh, phrased it. Last night, I like that. Man, I was so I'm at, I'm at this uh, this party last night. They have balloons drop from the ceiling mm-hmm. uh, at midnight, which is cool. I'm drinking champagne, and then everybody just started stomping the balloons, and it was freaking me out. Like I had to <laughs> I had to get out for a second. Like I don't like some fucking Nam flashbacks. I don't know. I've never been in a shooting or something, but it was like close quarters. Then these pops going off everywhere. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> fuck this. <laughs> Walked outside. <laughs> Yeah, it was that was a lot. That's pretty funny. Yeah, so our toast was balloon explosions and mild panic attacks. I dig. Dig in my great times. Great times. Well, thank you again for your question. And to you listeners, please hit us with some more. We'd like that a lot. Yeah. How about uh how about this next one here? Let's do it. I feel guilty about enjoying quote unquote grief sex so much. My husband lost his brother two weeks ago dark and since then i have woken up pretty much every night to my husband crying it always ends up the same i hold him for a while while he cries 
when he does when he's done, it turns into sex. My problem is that I'm really enjoying this grief sex every night. I feel like a monster. He's hurting and crying, and I'm in, and I'm I'm enjoy the sex that follows. I mean, I feel bad that he's crying every night. I go to bed each night hoping he sleeps well, but when it does happen, I almost find myself looking forward to the sex that comes. I feel guilty. Just to add, I don't feel guilt about having sex with him. He really seems to need it, and I'm so glad I can be there for him in this way. Uh, I was just feeling guilty that I enjoy the sex so much. And that was posted by FML1234563. Wow, a bit of a twist at the end there in the, in the numbers. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't think you should be feeling guilty about this. No, like you're enjoy- Like, what do you mean you're enjoying the sex? Like, what are you gonna have somber sex? <laughs> yeah, you're put on like a fucking veil while you're doing this. Yeah, uh, a dour, respectful, uh, very tasteful sex. <laughs> yeah, a very somber porking. <laughs> no, it's it's you know it, it's it's good. And uh, as as you mentioned, I, I was going to bring this up, but yeah, it, it, it's, he's initiating this. It seems like it's helping him. Yeah. Uh, you know, good on you for doing that. And if this is increasing your sex life for a little bit, like one, that, that's a plus. Nothing wrong with enjoying that. And, uh, you know, two, you know, maybe if it slows down later on, uh, maybe bring up that you were like appreciating having sex them often and you yeah. like that. I don't think anybody would take that uh, negatively. Yeah. Um, or just kill another one of his brothers. Yes. And, yeah, I was uh, just about to that. say. That's exactly where I was going to go. But uh, yeah, man, you don't have to feel guilty. No. You're being there for him. Sex is good. You know, keep keep doing it. Yeah, that's how I feel about it. Yeah, man, there's, there's nothing more life-affirming than fucking. That's true. It does, it does make you feel alive. Yeah. And, it, you know, it takes your fucking focus away from the bad emotions for a little bit there. And it helps and, you sleep. Uh, and it does help you sleep. And the fact, that, you know, the fact that you're in, enjoying it, especially, you know, yeah, I'm sure he notices that. That's, that's going to help him, too. Like, that's just a positive thing that's taking his attention away from this a little bit and kind of reaffirming, you know, you've got a good relationship. You're supportive. And uh, congrats on the sex and all that. So I, <laughs> it's good. It's, it's This is not a bad situation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How do you, what, you know, grief sex. I, I don't know if I know that to be a thing. I mean, I, this might be my first encounter with it, but it sounds pretty boss. <laughs> I got a I got a little bit of a welcome to the paraphilia pantry. Um, I got a little bit of a thing. Uh, I'm going to make sure I got. Let's see. I want the name of it. Inflation. Uh, it is called dacrophilia. Uh, just a little bit of a dacrophilia. Uh, it is a paraphilia in which one is aroused by tears or sobbing. Oof. Yeah. We, uh, we had something on this recently. I still have to remember what that movie where the character keeps making the husband cry because uh, it's turning her on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I guess in relation to this, like, I guess you could maybe be careful about um, the fact that it's grief sex. Like, if you start getting attached to that, that becomes a very strange paraphilia to engage with, uh, you know, short of you becoming a serial killer for his loved ones. And uh, that's probably not healthy. It's not going to um, last real long. No. no you're, you're not going to get... People. 
You're not going to get a good ending of the bandersnatch of your life if you go around doing that. <laughs> yeah, so. But I, it doesn't It doesn't look like that's where the attachment is. It looks more like she's just enjoying the increased sexual activity with her uh, with her husband. Uh, but I, I don't know. I'd just uh, be, a little, be a little careful with that, maybe. But besides that, I, I think you're all good here. Yeah, I think so, too. Anyway, they're speaking of paraphilias. Uh, a friend I was talking to was in town. Um, she was like, hey, I love the paraphilia zone. You guys should talk about inflation. Woo! You know that one? I I mean, I'm kind of getting it from context. Um, <laughs> and I think I've seen some of it. Like, is, is it in any way related to feeding? Kind of. Yes, I, I think similar. Inflation is less about the... Um, you know, feed, feeding them to the point that they're growing, and it's more just like blowing up characters, usually like anime characters and shit. Sometimes with air, uh, I mean, I guess it would always be with air. Uh, think like the the blueberry girl and fucking Willy Wonka. Like that's probably where this came from for a lot of people. Got a fucking, and it's uh, it's it's a fucking weird one. Got a Veruca so, salt thing. Yeah, yeah. So if you ever wander around the internet and you see like I don't know Mario and he's you know like a balloon for some reason. Uh, that is fetish art, my friend. And uh, some, <laughs> some folks are into that. Yeah. Hey, I don't, yeah. I don't salt the game. I don't. No, you know, it, it seems it's relatively harmless. Just don't, you know, crack out a bike pump and uh, start puffing up your partner. Yeah. Probably uh, unless, not of course, healthy. that's consensual. Probably not. No. Actually, dude, now that I think about that, I think that is a thing. Like uh, filling the stomach with gas. Oh. Uh, I think that is like the physical kind of manifestation of that. Wow. Yeah, that's that's pretty gnarly. That's gnar as fuck. Yeah, dude. I mean, hopefully I find a girlfriend who's into that on account of uh, I'm gassy all the time, partner. (laughs) 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 Ripping ass up and down town, all around the town. Yeah. Can I, all right, can I go, can we go back just a little bit? I want to, I want to jump back to the dacrophilia real quick. Yes. Uh, I didn't discover this in any like kind of fucked up way. But like, uh, like I had a fight with my girlfriend in college, and she started crying. And then I'm just sitting there watching her cry. And then my fucking unit wakes up, and I'm like, "Excuse me." <laughs> I'm like, "Sir, can I help you?" Not now. No. Stop it. No. <laughs> and then I looked it up, and it's like crying fetish. And I'm like, "Okay, whatever part of my brain is wired up, fucking weird." Thanks, brain. You ever, you ever like? Did you try to engage in that after no, that? Like, no, did you? No, no. It seemed it seemed too because crying is associated with negative emotions, and it seemed like it would be inflicting of pain to try to pursue it. You know, yeah, yeah re- recreate that. I don't know, short of getting like some Hollywood style tears, but I don't know Ooh. if they would even do it. That's kind of fake. Uh, Splash him in the face with like a glass uh, of water. Yeah, I need, I need the real thing. <laughs> Only real tears will do. <laughs> Oh, yeah. right on. That's been our little paraphilia zone segment. And uh, you're welcome. Go look up inflation with your favorite character and watch your childhood be destroyed. Did you see the, the impreg art where I think it's Batman standing there and Shrek's holding him like around the shoulders <laughs> and then it has like the cutaway and Batman is pregnant with Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> and it says, uh, you miss a hundred percent of the shots. You don't take <laughs> Wayne Gretzky. To Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. <laughs> Donate to our Patreon and send me that picture in a large format. And I'll put it on my wall. Folks. Oh, God. That's our new year offer. 
That's a beautiful image. Please fucking do. All right. You ready to get out of these uh, fetishes and hop on to this next one? Sure thing. All right. This is just a little short one. This is going to bring the mood up a little bit, I think. Uh, My girl wants to fuck on my lunch break in my truck. In general, where are some places we can go and park? And that was posted by Tomahawk Choppin'. Wow. Hmm. I mean, secluded is good. Yeah, this this is something I feel like it, you gain the experience with this in high school, where you have nowhere to go right. if you're trying to bang one out, and so oftentimes it's got to be in the car. So my, uh, I had a place down by like the river mm-hmm. uh, in Loveland where I was living at the time near that park down there. Sure, you might actually know that area, and. uh yeah, you pulled it. You got to be somewhere where cops aren't going to roll by. Because even as an adult, like that's you can definitely get into some legal yeah. shit for this. Shit's illegal as fuck. Yeah, and and also just on like a moral sake, you know, you're kind of you're kind of exposing people to your. I don't know if this is a fetish necessarily, but exhibitionism is, and you're kind of unwillingly foisting that upon people if you do this uh, too much in the open. So you know, definitely fucking far away from people. But parks in general, sometimes not the best idea because cops are definitely rolling through there looking for teens. And, mm. uh, you know, if they just find you and your fucking girl in your truck, uh, yeah, you might you might get ticketed for that shit. Absolutely. Uh, I was told a story by my father <laughs> when I was probably way too young to hear it, but he's one of those inappropriate gentlemen. Nice. Says, says to me uh, he had a van. And he and my mother were in um, Sharon Woods near Cincinnati. Yeah. Parked, yeah. In, parked in kind of like a semi-secluded spot. And the van's fucking... And a uh, park ranger comes up and fucking, like, on the window. <laughs> and uh, my dad, go, like, fucking, like, rolls down the window and goes, What? <laughs> <laughs> And the guy goes, 10 minutes, and fucking walks away. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't give him a ticket or anything? That's, no, he, that's just, cool. he just said, 10 minutes, wrap it up, guys. Was this potentially nine months before you were born? I really hope so. I definitely <laughs> hope that that was the bone and that conceived me. Conceived in a van. My man! <laughs> I, have, I have a terrible story uh, from high school also. Speak on I it! I discovered my uh, river spot. Uh, I'm going to this, going out with this girl, just kind of driving around, uh, trying to find a place to hook up. This girl I'd met, and uh, we're in a part of town I wasn't super familiar with. So we're looking around, and I'm like, "Ooh, a movie theater! There's so many cars in the parking lot. Sure, no one's no one's gonna notice." Right. So we pull up, probably right fucking next to it. We didn't like go out into the middle of the lot. We're like next to the building, but on the back or the side where there's no doors. Sure. Uh, we commence a fucking, the windows all get fogged up. It was great. And uh, I start the car and roll down the windows, and there is some creepy motherfucker in a van right next to us just staring. And I'm like, holy fuck! <laughs> and so I pull the car out, and we're like wheeling off, freaking the fuck out. But the whole front window is fogged up. So I have like my head hanging out the window. Doing an Ace Ventura. sweaty and shit. Yeah, <laughs> trying to get out of the lot. I like almost ran over a fucking family. It was horrifying, dude. <laughs> We made it out of there, you know, we didn't get in any trouble, but Jesus fucking Christ, that was a close call. That's tight as fuck. Yeah, so, fuck you, creepy dude in a van. 
Yeah. Fuck that Fuck dude. Fuck out of here. Yeah, give me some damn privacy. At least the windows were fogged up, so I think, you know, I think we were all right. Huh. Let's see. So d- don't do it in a parking lot. Lunch break, truck. So, okay. The information we have is that uh, the vehicle is a truck, uh, which to me reads like a pick em up. Uh, yeah, so you're going to have daylight and daylight uh, and limited time. Mm-hmm. So uh, you might be fucked. Like you might just have to like risk it if you really want to do it and go for somewhere uh, less secluded than is advisable. Yeah, there, there's going to be a risk involved in this no matter what. Um, I look up parks in the area. Look up like just less traveled roads. Um. Because what you you don't want you don't want somewhere that like you're stationary and other people are going to be stationary because that's your fucking trucks moving. Hey, look in there. That's a great What's fucking it? idea. Like a secluded stretch of road where you can pull off to the side. Yes, but not be visible too. Because if a cop rolls by and sees your car, you know they might be like, "Oh, what's up with this car? What's Check up with this out. car? Oh, fuck people, fucking in it." Yeah. yeah. Uh, here's what you do, dude. You get on the highway, you pull off to the side. People are going to be going too fast. Mm-hmm. And then you can fucking see a cop car if they're coming from like a distance and they only come in one direction. Yeah. So you're keeping your eyes on the mirror. And if you see a cop car, you just fucking separate real quick. Like maybe keep most of your clothes on. Sure. And uh, it could be good. Also cemeteries. Maybe. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. People are gonna be so busy mourning. You know, they're not they're not trying to witness that fucking. Yeah. And uh, then they might know, somebody go comes up. Grief sex. Yeah, yeah. Just say you're having grief sex, or just be like, "No, that's not sweat and cum. It's just tears. I just cry, <laughs> sticky, salty tears." Fuck the Jesus phrase. Christ. That's not sweat and cum. <laughs> it's tears. It's tears. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a good tagline for some product, but um, like Radio Free Tote Bag. That's not sweat yeah. and cum. It's tears. There we go. Yeah, we come up with a new logo for this season. That's the new tagline. It's no longer a show about relationships. It's a show about teary, sweaty cum. Oh, my God. You're a monster. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Gross. Uh, (laughs) Hey, hey, Donovan. What's that? I can only have sex with benzos. Oh, yeah. That's me. You know, because Benzo's making you know, shit. Hello, all. I'm 30M, living with a 31F partner. I was raped by another man of my own family when I was a little boy. Whoa. I won't list all of my disorders, but I can't have sex without meds. I didn't have any kind of sexual relationship until I met my actual girlfriend two years ago in a therapy group, FYI, because I was too shy and afraid. Barely had any friends back then, so, you know, girlfriends was only a dream. I only started seeing a therapist when I was in college, and that really improved my quality of life. My partner is also a rape-slash-incest victim, and not really sex-driven, so most of the time, we just cuddle. And that's okay-ish for me, because I still have light hagiphobia, fear of being touched. We have sex approximately eight times this year, which is my by far my personal record. We also try without meds, because I have great hope to achieve this one day, but so far, I can only achieve severe panic attacks. Our sexual relationships are okay, I guess, but I'm not really good at it. I need about one hour of non-sexual foreplay to feel confident and relaxed enough, and I think that's what she really enjoys, too. Thanks for reading this. Don't mind asking me anything. That was posted by Throwaway851479. 
That's fucking tough. I'm gonna. Man. I can't have sex without benzos. Then fucking keep having sex with benzos. Yeah, I mean, that's what the, you're not abusing this medication. Like that's no. what it's for. It's to deal with anxious situations. And good on both of you uh, for trying to move beyond this trauma and maintain this sexual relationship together. So yeah. good, good on you, fucking. First of all, you know, it, it takes a lot of courage to. Uh, kind of put yourself back into a situation that'll that'll trigger those uh feelings of past trauma uh but i'm, I'm with you Arthur. I don't, I don't if that's the way you can cope with this and make this happen i, I don't think there's a problem with that yeah and anything wrong with it in terms of progressing to do it without i think i think talk to your therapist about this first explain the situation which you, i would guess that you have but if you haven't definitely do that and uh you know maybe you can start kind of bringing down the benzo dose Maybe you could try uh, maybe another medication or maybe a beer or something, something that can bring the anxiety down, um, but is kind of less heavy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just kind of gra- gradual exposure therapy is a thing. It's kind of gradually in steps getting closer to something that gives you fear or panic. And, uh, you know, it's, it's like easing yourself into a hot tub, like less shock if you're just kind of gradually going into it. Yeah, so I, I think kind of gradually step down this medication or try something else, maybe beer, different medication, but talk to your therapist about it. There's a concept, uh, therapy and psychology, that's gradual exposure therapy, where you kind of take baby steps towards fully doing what you want to do in a fearful situation. Mm-hmm. And I think you could make a plan with your therapist or psychiatrist of what those steps look like. Are you cutting the dose down over time? Are you trying different things? Are you maybe not using medication, but you're only, you know, doing a little bit of foreplay and then you gradually move up to it. Uh, but there's a lot of ways to approach it. The fact that you've taken the first step and are even trying this at all means you're on the right track and uh, you fucking got this. Yeah. Damn. Like, good luck. Like, I can't even imagine what that's like. Uh, this, this, this sounds like exactly what benzos are for. Uh, it's an anxious, you're, it's an anxious situation, but it's something that you, that you want to do. And then you can use this anti-anxiety medication to, uh, allow yourself to have that in your life. I think that's great. No. Yeah. It's the, you know, that's the, that's the target, you know, medical use for this. I will uh, say I, I was going to expect that this is going to be like some sort of benzo addiction situation. Like abuse. Like, yeah. You couldn't function, you know, without that in you. But no, this—it seems like you're being very, um, you know, mindful with your usage of it. You're not fucking taking this stuff all the time. And again, again, you went through fucking horrible trauma. This is what this medication is for, and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. In the meantime, you know, if you want to get there, definitely, definitely make the baby steps and try to get there. Yeah. Did uh, did you know that I had a, a benzo prescription a few years back? I did not. Yeah, uh, I got I got beat up by a cop uh, while I was having a manic episode. Oof! And uh, that scarred me up pretty good. And uh, would. so uh, you know, I would have like panic attacks when I would see like a police car. Uh, and to this day, like I'm still, you know, I was never real fond of police. But uh, <laughs> that's with pretty good reason. Yeah, less less so now. Um, 
But uh, I had a benzo prescription, and I most certainly abused the shit out of them when I had them. Did they did they work for you? Could you like function and everything? I would like if I took a half, I could be super relaxed and maybe like read a book. Yeah. Uh, but I'd drift off to sleep. If I took a whole one, I'd be passed out within like 30 minutes. Yeah, man. Uh, Cause I, I was prescribed that too. I still am a very low dosage, uh, for anxiety. Mm. And I was like, Oh, this will be like great for panic attacks. And then I eat them. And if it's during the day, I'm, I'm done. I can eat done a quarter it. of the smallest dose and I am out like a fucking light. I don't, yeah. I get no fucking enjoyment out of it, which is probably good. Um, and I'm, I'm not even not anxious. I just get sleepy as fuck, and I guess I can't be anxious because I'm asleep. <laughs> uh, but so I just use it for kind of bedtime anxiety if I'm having spooky insomnia, as I call it. Yeah. Uh, that helps, at least. It helps you drift off. But, yeah, man, it, it's weird. I react weird to things, I think. I uh, I used my, my last time that I had uh, benzodiazepine, uh, known as Valium uh, for its uh, trade name, Shouts uh, out. I, shouts out to Valium. Uh I took <laughs> I took a half a pill on my first um Black Friday shopping. Like when I was working retail. Yeah. So I had to work Black Friday and I was super freaked out about it and I saved my last half um for that shift. And uh I ate a half before I went in and then I ate a half on my lunch break. And uh it made everything a lot more pleasant. <laughs> That's yeah. That's good. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd be a nightmare in that situation. Customers would be coming up, and I would just kind of stare through them into the distance. Oh then, man, uh, probably start sleep talking. I had such a strong autopilot with um with customer service. Hi, how are you? Did you find everything you're looking for? Excellent. <laughs> you want to you want a hit of this Valium? <laughs> <laughs> Benzos are, uh, they're addictive as fuck, too. Yeah, that, that that's shit. the worry. And I guess back to this question, they're doing this infrequently enough that it doesn't sound like that's an issue, but you definitely need to look out for that, especially when it works, which is kind of frustrating because it can be very effective. Um, that's the point where you're going to use it a lot and that you can really become dependent and you don't want that because that's going to make your anxiety so much fucking worse in the long run. Yeah, dog. Woo! Fucking benzos. Benzos. Careful with the benzos. You fucking got this though. Throw away. Yeah, you're killing it. All right. Uh, hey, speaking of sleep, Arthur. Mm-hmm. Boyfriend's addiction to sleep? Question mark. Question mark. Question mark. A lot of question marks. Several. Hey guys, I'm 18F. New to this Reddit thing, so please bear with me. So my boyfriend, who's 17M. And who's the sweetest guy on this earth? Oh, oh, has literally been spending most of his time sleeping in the day. It's like I'm constantly anticipating for his replies, but I only get them two or three hours later because he claims he accidentally fell asleep. Either that or he just gives me late replies without an explanation. And of course, my conclusion would be that he'd fallen asleep. Thing is, he agrees that he just can't stop falling asleep because he's really tired. I'm at a loss of what to do because it's becoming a daily problem. And I really love him so much and I want to spend more time with him, but the sleeping issue is really a big deal. Frowny, 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 sad. 
TLDR, anybody have any good advice on dealing with this constant falling asleep issue? And that was posted by Cutie Meow O2. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna kinda contradict why our friend Hannibal uh likes our show and say that you can't like if he's if he's fucking tired, he's gonna sleep. That's how that works. You can't expect somebody who is exhausted to stay awake just because you want to text him. That's not fair. No, for, for sure. And that's with other areas in life, too. Like, some people are bad at texting, and that's not a great thing to latch onto in a relationship. Because right. oftentimes there's the innocuous explanation that they're just fucking doing something and don't feel like texting all the damn time. <laughs> I was texting my lady. This was probably, like, when we had first gotten back together. So it would have been, like, right after Halloween that we started seeing each other again, really. And, uh... I was, you know, I was at work and I was bored. I texted her, um, hey, what's going on? You know, you get nothing back. And I start getting anxious. I'm like, what if she fucking hates my guts? What if she, you know, what's this? And then I text, <laughs> and then I text, did you fall asleep? And I get nothing back. And I'm like, oh, God, she fucking, hates me. She definitely hates my fucking guts. And then I was like, engage with your phone. <laughs> In a text. And then, like, 45 minutes after that, I get, I was asleep, period. (laughs) (laughs) I was asleep. I was. You know? Yeah, it's a good good idea to let go of those stewing thoughts about, like, wait, but what if if they're doing something else? What if they just don't want to talk to me? Like, give your partner the benefit of the doubt and give them trust. Yes. I, I will say here, there are two, there were two potential issues here. Number one is just if he is actually falling asleep here, there could be some bad reasons for that if this is happening all the time. Part of it might just be that he's fucking 17. I don't know. I napped all the goddamn time when I was a teenager. And, yep. uh, you know, that's normal and not something to worry about. Um, but this this can also be a big thing with depression. Like, I know mm-hmm. when I go through depressed stages, I just sleep all the fucking time. And, uh, you know, it could also be something like, what is it, sleep apnea? What? narcolepsy you know it, there oh, could sure. be a medical thing going on here somebody in the comments mentioned mono so if this has just only been a few months and it came out of nowhere like that's a possibility you know and uh you, you don't only get that from kissing by the way i think people kind of freak out about that but could have could have shared a drink with somebody or, or, or got it elsewhere but but i just I, i'd talk to him about that and see if you can kind of find the root make sure he's doing okay yeah. The other potential here, though, is that he's not actually tired, um, and he either, one, doesn't really want to text, which we've kind of covered, or two, that he's kind of feeling some distance here, and that that could be a possibility. Yeah. Break out, boom. Fuck it. Then fuck it. You hear him? Get the they fuck work. out of 2019. <laughs> 2019, break up with everybody. Yeah, dude. All, all relationships are canceled as of today. <laughs> Here's what we should do. We should abolish all relationships and join a seven uh, billion person uh, polycule. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Everybody's in that. Solves fucking world peace, too. You got there fucking you go. George W. Bush fucking uh, Ahmadinejad. Be, yeah. Be great. It'd be, be great. fucking awesome. Any anytime there would be like a like you know oh we're gonna go to war over this it's like well I think we should really evaluate our feelings and think about what we're doing here yeah, let's bang one out before we uh, we do this yeah 
Yeah. I think it would help. Yeah. Start making some uh, Putin and Trump uh, shit on Pornhub. All right. We're uh, we're off the rails a little bit here. <laughs> I, I think overall our I think overall our solution to this though is is going to be talk to him about this, make sure that he's doing okay. Um, but you you got to be prepared for the answer just to be that no, like I actually am just fucking sleepy. It just happens, and, and be okay with that. Yep. You know, don't don't latch onto this. Don't keep pressuring about it because you're going to put distance in your relationship, and uh, that's that's not good. You, you don't want to be a nagger. Yeah, you don't want to nag. Nag nagging, not great. No. You got anything else on this? Like this just kind of it seems kind of cut and dry. Yeah, you're gonna have to figure out your emotions about this. You're gonna have to uh distract yourself when he's not responding, and you're gonna have to give him the benefit of the doubt. He's sleeping, he's sleeping. If uh if there's something medically wrong, that's for him to discover, I think. Yeah, and you could talk to him about it and kind of try to, you know, help him figure that out if you know maybe you think he's kind of ignoring that. Uh, but that's all you can do. I, I think this is very common as a teenager too, and in first relationships. I know I fucking did this, where you want to like preempt something bad happening, and so you stew over it. And you're like, wow, like you have to know, like maybe is he cheating on me? Like all all these things, you end up getting worked about up about shit that you know if it's not a thing, well, you've created a problem where there was none. And if it is a thing, then like you, you're gonna find out fucking regardless, and then just like end it. There's literally. No benefit to stewing over shit and you know latching onto things like this. It's just gonna fuck your relationship up. So I, I think it's a good idea to kind of learn that lesson at a young age. Give your partner the benefit of the doubt. Don't stew over fucking garbage like this. And you know, and if they break your trust, if the benefit of the doubt was wrong, then fucking break up with them. Yep. And you're 18, and and you'll be all right. Yeah. And likely, nothing of value will be lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, f- fuck, man. It's the other thing. Like, you gotta protect. Like, if they're cheating on me, like, I gotta know and do something about it. And like, if they're if they're doing shitty stuff behind your back, if they really are, then fuck that person. Yeah, get out of there. <laughs> Join our polycube. Yep. Mm, sorry, I'm biting a nail. I'm gonna bite his nail. Off. <laughs> mm. That is some great radio. Oh, satisfying. This is a podcast about Arthur eating his own keratin. God, that was that felt great. Anyway, <laughs> I am also. I should mention uh, I got like maybe two hours of sleep last night, and I drove an hour and a half back to my hometown, and then I watched that fucking Black Mirror movie and dissociated super hard for like forty five uh. minutes. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and not watch that, dude. That, that yeah, show gives fair. me way too much spooky anxiety. Fair. This it was the spookiest episode of the show I've seen, so. Yeah. I, Let, I'm always like, I, I, I've seen a couple episodes and liked it all right, and I'm always like, but i got to be in the mood to like feel paranoid and bad. Yeah. And, uh, it's not really <laughs> often that I want to fucking feel like that. Yeah. And this this will fuck you directly up. It'll fucking put you in a bad space. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my King of the Hill marathon that I've been on recently. I've been watching Frasier. Is this show good? It's like pretty good. It's way hornier than I remembered. <laughs> Everyone's trying to fuck everybody. It's great. 
That's one of those ones like cheers for my only knowledge of it is like seeing it late night on the fucking TV guide as a kid and being like, oh, it's like an old people show and uh, scrolling by to watch Ed, Ed, and Eddie or whatever the fuck I was watching at that age. Yeah. 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 I think you made the right choice. Yeah. Great fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, out of the uh, out of the sleep zone and uh, into the yeah, octagon. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a succinct for this title. The fucking octagon, partner. Well, hit this one. Let's do it. Husband and I are having our longest fight ever. I don't know what to do. TLDR first. Bold. My husband and I got into an argument, and he left for almost two days. Damn. Husband's 36M. I'm 29F. We've been together for over a decade, and we have a seven-month-old daughter. In the past, we've normally resolved arguments by taking a few hours to cool off and discussing. However, this situation is different, and I don't know what to do. We flew back from my parents' house the day before yesterday. While we were picking up the bags, I leaned over and whispered to him that it's sexy to watch him lift the bags off the conveyor belt. Our daughter was asleep in the stroller when this happened, and I whispered quietly so she wouldn't even hear me if she were awake. He snapped at me really loudly and said, Do not say those things in front of my child. It was loud enough that people were staring, and I was really embarrassed. Then we got home, and I put the baby to bed, and then he tried to initiate sex with me. I told him I wasn't in the mood after what happened at the airport, and he lost it and said that I shouldn't put sex in his head by calling him sexy, then not have sex with him. I told him that we'd <laughs> that we'd have be up for sex had he not snapped at me! Exclamation point. He turned and left her house. I haven't seen him in almost two days. I tried calling him, and it just a text back. He said he wants space to cool off so he, quote, doesn't do something he'll regret. Oh, my God. I told him to come home now as I've been alone with the baby for two days and it's New Year's, but he won't. Should I give him space or give him an ultimatum? That was posted by Aggressive Impact. Yeah, I talk about a fucking aggressive impact. Jesus. No. Oh, my God. This is fucking unacceptable. This it, is it madness. Is so over the top, man child bullshit behavior. Because you fucking flirted with him. And then, you know, he said some weird shit to you so you didn't want to have sex. And then he's going to throw a little fucking bitch fit and leave because he wouldn't fuck him. Fuck this dude. Uh, where the fuck did this come from is my question. Because she says they've resolved arguments in the past. You know, you take your space and that's fine. But you don't leave your fucking wife and kid for two fucking days because she wouldn't have sex with you. Jesus Christ. I fucking hate this dude. Yeah, he sucks. Um, fuck, dude. Um, damn. Like, okay, okay, okay. She's seven months old. She doesn't know what the word sexy means. Yeah, she probably doesn't know what any fucking words mean. No. <laughs> like, what? Don't say anything like that for my daughter. Hey, I like that thing you said. Made me want to fuck you now. Like, you don't want to fuck me because I'm being an asshole? This fucking sucks. Yeah, and the and the, the doesn't do something he'll regret part in there is a massive fucking red flag on there. Ugh. Fuck you, dude. It's gross but you have, <laughs> So don't give him space. He He's had his little... This isn't him taking space. This is him being fucking manipulative and being a garbage fucking husband to you. That's him so having you do a give him an ultimatum here. You, there has to be something deeper to this. This isn't just because you flirted with him. There is something fundamentally bad here. And if you were dating, I would go full out, get the hell out of this. But you have a kid. You're married. It's been all right before. You need to sit. One, he needs to fucking come home. Then you need to sit him down, lay out why this is fucked, why it's unacceptable that he can do this, and get at the root of what is going on here. 
especially if this is out of nowhere is the sense I'm getting. Um, Because it's it's bizarre. It's manipulative. It's weird. And no kind of normal person just does this because you said something that maybe made him feel uncomfortable. Uh, But it definitely shows some ugliness in this person. And, uh, you know, if you sit him down and he keeps giving you this garbage or tries to put this on you, this might be something uh, that's not something to get through, at least on your own. Again, though, you've been married for 10 years. It seems like it's been going all right up to here. Um, it might be a fucking marriage counseling situation. Because, mm-hmm. uh, again, there there is something more to this, and I don't know what it is, but there is something, like, deeply wrong here, and it's not just the comment you made. No. Because that wasn't even out of the fucking... That wouldn't be on the pale at all. No, that's sweet. Your fucking wife's flirting with you. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> I think it's really sexy when you lift those bags. How fucking dare you? <laughs> I'm leaving. Yeah. And it leaves for two days? Leaves you with your seven-month-old. That's, that's the worst part, dude. It's like, this would be unacceptable to begin with, but, like, that's a child that's going to requ- requires all this care and needs your partnership to take care of, and then all of a sudden... Okay, you you deal with all this while I go fucking sulk. Yeah. Where is this dude? Where the fuck did he go? Who knows, man? Perhaps into the arms of another. Hmm. I I don't. I don't think that's. I'm probably not. Question here. I'm just making shit up. No, no. I I don't. I don't think that's out of the question here because because this is so sudden. Like I'd expect maybe something's going on the side. Or the fact that this is a recent thing. You've been married for so long, but you've had the daughter uh, for only seven months now. Maybe it's something with, you know, the kid here and he's freaking out about that. And uh, this is kind of a situation where it seems like he's trying to create a problem so that he has reason to fuck Uh, up. You know what I mean? (laughs) Oh, you know what? It happens to be New Year's. Maybe there was something that he wanted to do on New Year's without you. Ooh. That, yeah, and I think that would Ooh. go hand-in-hand hand with the potential uh, cheating situation here. Ooh, ooh, I'm grossed out. You guys got to go, you got to get counseling. You got to get yeah. professional help for the situation. The only reason you I'm do. not air-horning it is because you have a sweet little baby. If something happened like this, like, say it was, like, his niece or whatever that you were taking care of for the day, and you said something in front of the niece, and she was like, don't you fuck say that from my niece, uh... Then I'd say fucking horns, man, because this is this is bizarre. It it is it is. I'm, I'm only there saying there might even this... be a point there. You know, don't kind of make that kind of talk in front of like a child. But again, this is a fucking seven month old. You know, they're not gonna remember anything. Right? Fucking crazy. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. I, I'm with you to hold the air horns just for the sake of ten years and the child. Um, yeah. But if he doesn't fucking make it proven and apologize for this shit, stat. Uh, it, you may need to bail the fuck out of here for the sake of safety. You're in your kid too, so he doesn't fucking do something he'll regret. He'll regret, yeah. Fuck you, you piece of shit. Yeah. God damn, I'm fucking heated on that one, dude. <laughs> yeah. Humboy oh, needs help. I hate that. Humboy needs help for sure. He fucking does. So you know, stay safe. Watch out for yourself and your kid. And uh, yeah, fuck man, that's scary. Let your let your uh, parents or somebody close to you know what's going on too. Yeah. In case he does do some fucking extra crazy shit, like you need to make sure you have some support on your side that's not him. 
because uh, you don't want to get isolated in a situation like this by some fucking manipulating dickwad. Absolutely not. Jesus is fucking. Whew. Yeah. All right. I'm fanning myself. I'm bringing in the cool down. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, uh, you know, this guy needs help, and uh, I'm going to need some help closing out the show. Donovan, are you ready? I'm ready. We always started like this, and it's going to be like that through 2019. Our intro music is the song Hanging On by the band Knower, and you can find their music at knowermusic.bandcamp.com. And our outro music is the song Stephanie by the Hayfellows. You can find it at Instagram.com slash the Hayfellows or look them up on Spotify. The Hayfellows. Three words. Hell yeah. My guy, it's fucking great to be back in the booth with you. It is great to be back. This two-week hiatus we were both saying has had us, uh, we're getting a little tote bag withdrawals. So we're glad to be coming in strong to the new year. And we're uh, stoked to be spending it with you, listeners. You, uh... You are my very lifeblood. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, I need to piss, so I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, um, it's been great having you with us. Uh, I, I have my sincerest hopes that 2019 will be the best year of this decade. Uh, I hope. I, hope I fucking hope so, dude. Everybody needs it. Everybody <sighs> needs it. We've, we've been taking the fucking L. Since like 2015, we need something. Yeah, bad things in the world, everything, good things, radio free tote bag. Yeah, yeah, man, we're gonna try to be a bright spot for you. We're gonna try to keep it, try to keep it upbeat, try to keep it happy, and uh, you know, try to live that out for you. Yeah. Yeah, just a little, just belching a little bit. There we go. We had no burps in this episode. And that's unacceptable for the first two years. <laughs> or coughs really I anticipated you being a lot more throaty this episode I, I had some decongestants and uh, after this I'm going to go cough for 30 minutes straight <laughs> you got a real cool scratchy voice I like it a whole bunch there we go remixed Donovan for the new year <laughs> well sir it's been great having you speak with me and it's been great speaking with the people and uh Baby, it's still a show about relationships. Yeah. (laughs) 2019 coming in strong. I love you. Thanks. Bye. Little side note, the fact that they're still making those glasses that used to be for the double zeros, and that's 2019, like two, zero, one. It looks like shit. Yeah, fucking hang it up. It looks bad. Bogus. All right, later.